Hello, welcome back to another episode of Academy H, our Masks Actual Play podcast. I'm Julia, and I play Lyra Kroll, a.k.a. Bethel. Live from the Apocalypse is a not-for-profit TTRPG organization that raises money for charitable causes, and right now we are still raising money for the Rainbow Railroad. You can find the donation link in the episode description, or if you are so inclined, you can also join us for the live recordings of Academy H on Twitch which is where we do the majority of our fundraising, and it's the absolute best place to see the absolutely wild body language and cut tangents that go on when we are recording this show. If you're listening to this episode the day that it goes live, then you can join us next week. This episode features our very special guest, Corey, of Class Reunion fame, and the energy he brings to his character is amazing. I would die for Chase. You can follow him on the Bird app for as long as it clings to an active server at Scoochius. His character is incredibly endearing. You won't want to miss one second of what he's got up his sleeve. So without further ado, let's jump right back into the third part of Add-ons and Extras. Chase, you've been a member of Squad H for less than a day. It's been a pretty good day. You met Danny. The two of you seem to get along very well. You met some of the other members of your team. Seem to get along pretty well with them, too. That scary man in, like, a black coat showed up and yelled at Danny for a while while you hid in the bathroom. But, like, Danny seemed okay with that, so, you know. But now, you have seen the door open. As... Your angry teammate, Spectral, storms in. You freeze. Everything kind of freezes for a second. We see a different part of province, a different part of the city. There are mechanical components littering the sidewalk, littering the street. Some cars have been turned over. One of them has hit a fire hydrant, which is now spouting water into the air. A person, maybe in his early 20s, wearing a red suit with a black cape, kind of a bird motif to it, a cowl sort of pulled down over his eyes, in excellent shape, is standing in the center of all of this chaos that has now clearly been disarmed. He reaches out and he puts his hand on Extra's shoulder and says, Yeah, um, I'm sorry. This just really isn't working out. We jump away from that to a desert, pretty far away from province. Clearly some kind of government or private air traffic company, like an airfield. There's like the smoking remains of a rocket ship still sort of in the dock. Like it never actually managed to take off. It has just burned itself out and kind of fallen to pieces. And I think there is a girl standing there, roughly the same age, 
her body is composed entirely of what looks like the black of space. And sort of like stars dotting here and there. And she is kind of standing there awkwardly in front of Extra. And she says, look, I'm, I'm really sorry, but this just isn't working out. A few more scenes like that just sort of jump through your memory chase in that moment, like too fast for us to really get a good look at what's going on. But they all kind of have that same general theme. And there's just kind of this overlapping litany of voices all saying, look, hey, I'm sorry, but this just really isn't working out. As it goes along in between, in between memories, it's just like A, B, C, D, E, F. And then G. And then you're back in the suite. And so Kaz arrives all lit up, shards of bone floating around him, and two knives made of bone in his hands, and storms directly up to Chase, puts both of the knives in his right hand, and then picks up his phone, pulling up a video of what happened in the coffee shop earlier, and says, Chase, what the fuck is this? Yeah, I don't know. It sounds like some people who are kind of got the wrong idea about something. I know there's a you know, a hero that got pretty famous for making duplicates and killing, you know, a bunch of other people. So I don't know. Yeah, it's pretty weird, huh? And then Chase kind of looks down at his uniform and is like, oh, 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 oh. See, you know what? I, I, I got it now. You know what? So I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't totally understand what, where they're coming from. Um, but just kind of to explain like where I'm coming from. Explain faster. Have you ever watched... Love Among the Stars? Chase, I have two knives in my hand and I will use them. I've never stabbed someone before, but I will stab you. Well, here's the thing. Then do it. Do you want me to explain or do you want me to be stabbed in the throat? Because at this point, that's your decision. But I'd be happy to explain. Or do you want me to go? Because I could just go. And I think Chase sees that Kaz kind of freezes when you put that challenge out there. And it's really clear in that moment, like he is not prepared to do that. And it isn't until Chase says, you know, I can just go, that Kaz says, no, that's not happening. Fine, explain. But explain faster than you were. So, I mean, genuinely, like, I don't know what their deal is. Like, being honest with you, family member to family member, um, I just think that these guys have maybe some, you know, crazy cult mentality thing going on. I can explain where I'm coming from. So, you know, we can all get to know each other a little bit quicker. That's nice. I was going to get into this anyway, right? So let's uh, let's start with your relationship to them. My relationship to them. I, I mean, we're wearing similar outfits and that's pretty much where it stops, honestly. So, I don't know. I mean, I take inspiration from a hero called Constellation. Um, do you know who Constellation is? Do you know kind of the connection there? No, I don't. Again, explain faster. Well, so Constellation was a hero that could make duplicates of himself, right? And there is another very notorious hero or hero-turned-villain in the past that everybody knows about that could do the exact same thing so after that 
very traumatic event that a lot of people that the world went through, those two heroes kind of got conflated together. So they get their inspiration from Majority, whereas I take inspiration from Constellation. And I think that what's happening there is there's been a bit of a cross. But I think the guy that they're drawing inspiration from is pretty terrible. But I just draw inspiration from Constellation. And then he picks up the remote, turns on the TV, flips through the channels until he gets to the point where there's a show that's always on. It's a daytime drama that's on around this time every day. There's a marathon. Uh, and the daytime drama is Love Among the Stars. And he just kind of looks back and forth. You haven't seen it? Love Among the Stars? Come on. Danathan, Team Captain? Let's not talk about a soap opera or whatever the fuck this is, Chase. I'm the Team Captain. Um, so I think at that... <laughs> <laughs> at that point, I think um, Constellation on the TV show like walks in through the front door and he's wearing like an out... He's wearing an outfit, but underneath you can tell that there is like a gray suit. Chase's outfit looks like more washed out and from the other room in that exact same set from the kitchen another guy that looks exactly like Constellation comes in you hear you are my evil twin brother come back I thought you died evil twin brother I'm your clone but ask your wife there's not too much of a difference between the two of us and then she walks in and it's Constellation but he's wearing like a, a blonde wig and she, I don't know who to trust. And then it turns the TV down, turns the sound down. So that guy is the guy that I associate myself with. I think the guys that you ran into, I think they have the wrong idea. I throw a lot of information at you right now. Does everything make sense? What questions do you have for me? And Kaz just kind of takes a moment. He does take a breath. And I think actually the question he asks is, why did Squad G kick you off the team? I don't do raids in a team. I try really hard. Yeah, I really, really, really do. And I feel like every time, this is going to be it. This is it. This is my squad. And then I don't know. Something about me just doesn't seem to mesh with other people. And is that... Because you pull out automatic weapons and have bombs? No, it's kind of because uh, Chase makes a copy of himself and immediately just puts his hand through it and there's no substance to it. Um, my power is nowhere near as cool or powerful as it may seem to be or as, you know, any other people who have very similar powers. A lot of times I just get told I don't belong. Because there's someone who can throw a rock into space. There are people who can make bone knives. Some people tell me I don't belong. Some people just tell me I'm a loser and that I should go and that I just take up space and that even the couch isn't worth me to sleep on. I've been in the bathroom too and usually I just get kicked out of there too. So I don't know. I'm a loser. Is that the answer you want to hear? That's a better answer than having automatic weapons or bombs. So, yes. I think it's a great answer, too. I'm glad we're all on the same page. Danny in the corner will be like, I think losers use automatic weapons. No, man. But honestly, I'm happy to solve the same problem that you will. I mean, 
If these guys are out there causing problems, then let's let's do something about it. And I think like you can see Taz is processing all of this. Uh, he did step back when you made a duplicate of yourself. He has not stepped forward again. So there is a little bit of distance between the two of you now. I do think Chase would probably realize like Taz looks conflicted. Something in what you were describing has had an effect on him. Uh, he doesn't look as angry at you. I will specify. Although I think that does mean that he then looks to Danny and says, Danny, dude, why the fuck didn't you come when I called for backup? I didn't get the call. I I threw my phone out the window again. Okay, well, that is that is an explanation. <laughs> that is an explanation. Also, I think in canon, it's at least the second, maybe the third time Danny has done that. But Danny, like, hearing that you were in danger after, like, digesting it all, just, are you okay, though? Are you, respectfully, you are at a nine, and I want to make sure that your adrenaline is not making you cover up anything else. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm fucking fine, Danny. Okay, I don't think we need to disswear. I am glad you're okay, and looking over at Chase, Daniel said, and I don't think you're a loser. I say so far best squad i've been to you know what they say lucky number h that was a joke that was a joke that was a joke <laughs> <laughs> and i think kaz does look at you and just say jesus christ chase if somebody holding up knives to you is the best experience you've had so far uh yeah that fucking sucks Danny, we need to get you a phone. We need you to have a phone. <laughs> Danny will reach into his overalls and pull out uh, two new ones and then quickly install SIM cards in them. And then, because he absolutely would have Spectral's number memorized, he will immediately text it a smiley face emoji in the words, I will not throw this one out a window. <laughs> From both phones or just one of them? From both. The other one is a window phone. <laughs> cool. <laughs> One window phone, one talking to friend's phone. Just in case. Incredible. Just, just in case for special occasions. <laughs> That's a treat. Kaz, are you done interrogating your new teammate? I think Kaz is done with interrogating Chase for now. I think he's pacing and looking at his phone, particularly since he just got the texts from Danny. And I do think in this moment... He's going to call Bethel. Before we do that, I will say you can clear angry. I think it's safe to say you've hurt Chase. Bullied him. <laughs> Sorry about that, Chase. To be fair, I think Danny kind of got hurt in the spray also. <laughs> That's true. You can clear angry twice. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Bethel, you would probably get an alert from Magil, who in a very long suffering tone says incoming call from spectral lyra will say thank you and then she will answer and she'll be like hey where are you are we at the right place we're in a coffee shop and you're not here but there's uh cops yeah would have been great to have you there like you know 15 20 minutes ago when i needed backup and when i called for backup yeah well uh 
we didn't get your message. We were in a meeting. Are you, like, are you hurt? No, Bethel, I'm not hurt. But uh, that's pretty lucky, given the fucking situation I was in. All right, you can clear angry three times. Jeez. (laughs) How many times can Spectral clear angry in one session? Let them stack, let them stack, because I keep having angry and afraid (laughs) as my two conditions and have had them since session zero. Yeah, so I think Lyra hears that and she's like, well, what was the situation? We just got here. Your message just said you needed backup. Oh, the situation? Yeah, the situation. We just got a group of, I don't know, majority fanboys who walked in with automatic weapons and bombs ready to blow up the coffee shop. Uh, I had to stare them down. One of them quoted John 1010 at me. That was really great. I'm feeling really good right now. And then you hear Kaz's breath kind of catch. And he's quiet for a beat. And then he says, Oh, fuck. Fuck, Bethel. If if they knew, if they knew who my dad was, if, if they knew who I am, I wouldn't have walked out of there. And you can hear him starting to hyperventilate. Kaz, Kaz, where are you? Where are you right now? I'm, I'm, I'm at, I'm back at the dorm. Okay, stay there. We're coming right back. Just stay there. And do you need me to call Clara? No, I don't, I don't need, I don't, no, I don't need Clara. Okay, stay right there. We are coming back. And she's going to hang up and she's going to turn to Alex and she's going to be like, we gotta go. We gotta go right now. Uh, yeah, sure. Kaz sounds like he's going to lose it, and I think he's alone at the dorm, and so we we got to go. Okay, you, yeah, uh, sure. Uh, just, we, we, I don't know, do you just kind of want to, and Alex sort of like, kind of like <laughs> crouches down in front of you. <laughs> Lyra just was so put upon, she hates this so much, she just climbs back on the shoulders, and she's like, this is awful. I, I want you to know, it's not you, it's just the situation, but this is fucking awful. Yeah, no, I, 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 I understand, but you know, all right, we're just, you know, I'm, I'm, just, I'm not gonna talk. I'm just gonna fly, and going to make a beeline back to the dorm. Uh, are you going in through the window? I think is the obvious question. Oh, good lord! Uh, <laughs> no, that seems gauche. No, no, we just had a whole thing about whether or not it is appropriate for flyers to to not come in through the front entrance. So I think Alex is going to land both of them in front of the dorm and they, they're going to go up the regular gonna way. going to hustle, like... The plebeian way. Right. Lyra gets off with little giraffe legs because she fucking hates it and then she just runs. <laughs> you run up the stairs to your suite. You open the door. Things seem okay, but tense. And you see Danny, you see Kaz, and then you see Chase. Uh, is Kaz still holding the knives? No, Kaz is sitting on the floor of the kitchen. His magic is no longer activated. The knives are sitting beside him. Important question, actually. So, Alex was mostly focused on flying. Did Bethel do any sort of Googling to try to, like, get any footage of the event or, like, pictures or anything? I was just curious how it was going to look if we popped in and Kaz is there with someone who is dressed like the people who were 
threatening him at the coffee shop. You did see the one remaining person getting arrested when you arrived there. But he was wearing a trench coat, right? He was. He was wearing a trench coat over an outfit that looks a lot like the one Chase is wearing, but not identical. I think uh, Lyra kind of skids into the room, stops, and is very clearly like unsure of what's going on because there's two more people here than she thought there was going to be. She points at Danny and she's like, why didn't you answer any of my text messages? And then she points at Kaz and she's like, are you hyperventilating? Are you okay? Do you need to? I mean, Kaz is pretty visibly hyperventilating. He's just kind of like curled up, like shaking. Also, uh, who is who is this guy and is he holding you hostage? Hi. Hey, hi. I didn't know if I should speak yet. Hi. My name is uh, Extra. <laughs> I don't know if you've heard of me or not. I am the newest member of um, Squad H. Let's go. So I've already kind of introduced myself to everybody else. Here you go. And he pulls out two more letters of introduction. Yeah, so today is my first day on the team. I uh, was told that the couch is uh, free real estate. If that makes you guys uncomfortable, that's perfectly fine. I can sleep in the bathroom. I, I don't sleep in my room. You can just sleep in there. And then Lyra's going to get down on the floor next to Cass. Lyra's <laughs> like, I don't care. Just go in there. <laughs> I do have one follow-up question. Um, Why are you cosplaying as the guy from Love Among the Stars? Wow. People don't usually get that. Um, so I and I kind of side-eye Kaz for a second and then very slowly, I guess, manifest a copy of myself. Um, so as opposed to just like popping up, you see like from translucent to solidified, I can make copies of myself. Um, and so it was kind of like an inspiration from Constellation and then it just disappears. Honestly, uh, sick. Uh, I honestly, I, I gotta introduce you to my mom. Uh, my mom fucking loves Love Among the Stars. This would absolutely make her day. Everybody's mom loves it. Everybody's mom loves that show. <laughs> Danny, what are you doing during all this? <laughs> honestly, Danny's feelings a little hurt. <laughs> Has been gone for a minute and is not getting any attention, <laughs> but like not in a way where he is making it about him, but you can see him being like a little pouty in the corner, just being like, yeah. How was how was how was Avalon, Danny? Oh, it was nice. I met some cool people. <laughs> um, I met I made uh, pieces of my heart into my friends, and then they disappeared <laughs> into the waters. And I watched a war crime, and oh, it was always oh, really nice. I think for Alex, also, it's just the case of like there is too much additional stuff going on. Danny is back. Kaz potentially in danger. Love Among the Stars cosplayer. There's a lot. There's a lot. It's also not the first time Danny has just disappeared and then shown back up. Well, I mean, we were it's pretty true. concerned that time. Say, it's been it's, it's been fair. a several days. It's mm-hmm. been we did a whole mm-hmm. looking for him bit. <laughs> yeah, I think this was the longest stretch Danny's been gone for sure. D- Danny, d- you're okay. You you you're back. Do you you were also okay? You are not being held hostage. We established that. You are also good? Question mark. Danny hears the word good and then just kind of gets like heavy for a second and goes, I mean, what is good? I think I'm good. I, You know what? I can see where already this is going. Yes, I'm back. Hi. Uh, if Danny will let him, Alex will actually step in and give Danny a hug. Uh, the second Alex steps in, Danny rushes him and hugs him back. It's good to see you. I'm glad you're okay. 
I regret some of the things I have said to you, but I am glad you are here. Plenty of regret to go around there. Danny is still hugging. You have to break it. Honestly, I think it's almost more likely that Alex is just going to turn back to the group with Danny still just kind of like clutching him. And we'll just continue the conversation. As a creature without time, Danny has stolen a glomp from the year 2004. (laughs) And unfortunately is holding on to you, not realizing that this may be strange. The cursed word has been uttered (laughs) for the second time in two episodes. (laughs) Emerging from its slumber, Julia and I brought Katsukan back with us. (laughs) It's here. What do I roll again to comfort somebody? If you would like to comfort or support someone, you are going to roll with Mundane, I believe. Actually, instantly, does Danny have any conditions currently? Um, I don't think so. Let me double check. Oh, I have Afraid. Okay, well, uh, in that case, I will, uh, if possible, I would also like to roll to comfort and support. Five, a one, and a two, so an eight to comfort Kaz. Uh, that is an eight total. Okay, two eights. So you both get mixed successes. They hear you. They can choose to mark potential, clear condition, or shift labels if they open up to you. But because it is not a full success, you do not get anything yourself. You do not get to add a team to the pool or clear one of your own conditions. Yeah, sounds like a problem for people with conditions. Fuck you. <laughs> so, Victory, how are you comforting or supporting Danny? Actually, I, f- I feel like we kind of just did that with the the hug and the, the mutual apologies. That is very fair. Danny, you can clear condition or uh, do one of the other things if you like to, but I assume you're clearing condition. Yeah, I mean, uh, Danny, I think, is surrounded by love and will clear afraid. You trade the, that comfort and support back and forth, so you definitely open up to Alex and you get to feel that. Benefits of that, Bethel, are you comforting or supporting Kaz? So I think she gets down on the ground with them and she does the automatic acts of like putting somebody who's hyperventilating into the right position. Um, But then once she's like got in there, what she's saying is it's okay. They didn't know. You're going to be okay. We'll know for next time. But it looks like everything turned out okay. Nobody was hurt. So whatever you did, whatever you did, it worked, Kaz. She's just going to kind of repeat cyclically that. And I I think it does. I think it's particularly that last part, like reminding him that he handled that situation. I do think he does say, yeah, but what if I don't get as lucky as I did next time? What if they know who I am the next time? Well, now that you know what they look like, Next time you see them, you can do something before they see you. That's what we're here to do, is so that you can defend yourself and protect yourself. Not just others. Yourself, too. We'll make sure that you're prepared next time. I actually have a thought. We're talking about this like we don't know when the next time is going to be. We're talking about this like we're going to be reacting to what these clowns do. Why don't we take the fight to them? Why don't we decide 
when the next time is going to be. And I think we might actually have an asset in being able to do that. And through Danny continuing to hug him, Victory will gesture over at Extra. Me? What can I do? Well, you guys have the same taste in cosplay. That's a good point. And like from the floor, Lyra's just like, are you suggesting we just Trojan horse them? I'm maybe suggesting that if Extra is willing, Extra could maybe do some scouting for us, some reconnaissance, so that then we know the lay of the land, and then we take him down hard. Not to be a downer or a bitch, but um, that's kind of the plan that got us into trouble last time. I don't think the problem was with the plan. I think the problem was in how we all executed on it. I think it's important just to clarify that at this point, Kaz is definitely not looking calmer. In fact, he's probably scrambled up and is like still sitting on the floor, but has his back to the wall and looks moderately panicked at where this conversation is going. Alex will peel Danny off of him at last. I know. I know, buddy. <laughs> Fine. And we'll actually go over and we'll sit down next to Kaz. I think Lyra will back off at this point because I think you two need to deal with this. She's not going to leave the kitchen, but she's going to get up and make space. Kaz, we've... Uh, we've got some issues currently. And I don't think we're going to figure those out tonight or tomorrow, or the next day. But that doesn't mean that I want you to get hurt. I want you to understand that I'm not, that I don't want to put you in danger. Remember what we were talking about before, about telling your own story? I think this is a great opportunity to do that. Do you want to wait for them to find you? Or do you want to go find them? I don't think I would agree that this is a great way for me to tell my own story, Alex. I mean, what story is that? You know who my father is. I don't know what that PR is going to look like. I don't think I need to be tied to majority any more than I already am. And I don't think that's taking control of the narrative. All right. I said my piece. So what is this the plan we're going with? Sending in Chase as a Trojan horse? No, no, no. We do not need to make a plan right this second. There are other things that we can do. Danny's back. We need to fill him in on what he's missed. Chase apparently thinks he's sleeping on the couch. That's not correct. We can settle ourselves before we decide what we're going to do about these guys. Because again, 
Just because Kaz is the one who was there when they showed up doesn't mean it has to be on us if it's going to put Kaz in more danger. Because he's right. What they're doing is wrong, but Kaz going after them being the child that he is makes it look like revenge. And that does not necessarily help with the fact that we're trying to prove that Stricker has no reason to think Kaz is on his father's side. So we don't need to make a decision about these guys right now. I'm going to make some tea. Extra. How are you feeling about all this? What's going through your head? I'm just going to say it. So, uh, guys, if this is like the plan, then I'm fully in. All the way in. So if that's what you need me to be, if I'm going to be like Trojan horse of, of sorts, ready to go. Let's get to it. Um, I don't know what these guys are thinking, but I feel like if I look the part, that's like half the battle, right? I don't know what you guys can do, but if you think you could come in and save my ass just in case, then... Chase, Chase, how about you go take your bag uh, out from... Did you shove it under the couch? Is that what that is? That's my bag right there, right under the couch. That's me. Okay. Okay, you see that room over there? Go put your stuff in that room. Do you want me to close the door and sit in the corner? It's usually what they tell me to do. No! No! <laughs> no, you can come back when you're done. Just, you're not living in our living room. Take my bag. Close the door. I imagine there's a mirror in there. Just take a moment. It could be going worse. It could be going worse. It's going pretty well. It's going pretty well. We got this. We fucking got this. Turns away from the mirror, makes a duplicate of himself. This is the moment. This is the team. We're we're there. We're, we're right there. Opens the door back up. Danny just goes, these walls are pretty thin. <laughs> <laughs> they sure are. I was like, I'm just going to put my stuff in the in the coat closet in the in the living room but we don't have to have this this issue anymore so just a question is alex still near kaz or has he moved away alex has i think uh moved away when it seemed clear that you know maybe kaz wanted some some space there and so i think that in this moment Kaz is still shaking, still definitely. We have not cleared Afraid uh, for the record. We will instead be marking Potential, because this entire conversation definitely did not ease the fear that he has been feeling. But I think in this moment, he pushes himself up and a bunch of factors immediately converge. Namely the fact that, while none of you are aware of this, Kaz has not eaten in several days. He also has been burning himself out, pushing himself to use his powers. And as Bethel did rightly pinpoint, that adrenaline rush is definitely a factor. And I don't know if Bethel's looking at him because I think she would be the only one who would realize what's about to happen. Uh, But his face just drains of color as he stands And you see him reach for the counter to kind of steady himself. And if Bethel sees this, she would know there's seconds before he faints. 
I think we established that it's like a small kitchenette type of thing. So it's not like there's a lot of room for us to be in there. So I think Lyra would notice and she's immediately just going to be like, okay, okay, somebody grab him. Uh, I think as maybe as Kaz starts to kind of fall over, he is sort of caught on sort of a, a little cushion of like telekinetic force. Which would also be Danny's first uh, glimpse of your new powers. Uh, Danny will uh, look down at his hands and go, my powers are growing. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I think Alex will, I guess, probably float Kaz over onto the couch, I guess. It is free now. Yep. Couch is public domain. It is once again free real estate. <laughs> As you float him over the couch, Danny's like, how am I doing this? <laughs> Chase so far at everyone's powers. Like, man, that's really cool. Man, that's really cool. Man, that's really cool. That's so sad, Chase. <laughs> that's so sad. We love him. Just doing our best. Cats. Yes. You stand up. You get dizzy. Everything around you starts to spin. And then the next thing you know, you're kind of falling into darkness. In this particular case, the darkness is familiar. Somehow there's something about it that feels familiar. Out of the darkness, a few blurry focal points start to resolve themselves. One of them is a river. And then there are two figures standing on the riverbank. One of them is significantly larger than the other, but they are both obscured. You're seeing more silhouettes than any fixed detail. They're sort of blurred out like there is a mist or a smoke surrounding them, making it hard to see any detail. It becomes clear to you that they're having a conversation with one another, but the larger figure is the one that speaks first, and you can't make out words, but you get this impression of depth, this impression of resonance. It's like hearing something explode underwater. The smaller of the two figures responds to whatever was said and this you can understand the voice is a little distorted but also familiar to you in a way that's hard to put your finger on and it says yes what you ask is possible it will require an anchor such a thing is not lightly done. I will do it. But I have my own terms. The larger figure speaks again, their voice impossible to understand. And then the the smoky sort of mist around the smaller of the two begins to clarify in your vision. Right as it is about to dissipate fully, you wake up. I'm assuming the rest of the squad probably didn't get you medical attention. Excuse you. I am medical attention. 
I'm certified to work with children. You know what? I guess it would depend how long he stayed passed out, though. Because technically it's only supposed to be 20 to 60 seconds. Yeah, that's the question is how long he stays passed out. If he passes out and then comes back and we can be like, drink some water and eat some food, bitch, then there's no reason to get a medical attention. If he passes out for longer than five minutes, yeah, I'm calling an ambulance. I'm going to say this. It is longer than five minutes, (laughs) but after you move Kaz to the sofa, they're aura manifests so they're like glowing the purple glow of their powers appears sort of lightly highlighting them on the couch yeah then i would have like called clara i probably called clara first and i was like you're not a medical doctor but who's the like nurse on staff like help you know who's on staff i know (laughs) i'm not calling him (laughs) fair Glenn comes into the into the dorm room and just sees I punch him in the face. <laughs> the whiteboard where there's still just like all of this like suspicious things about Glenn written down. So let's back it up a little bit. Kaz is unconscious for a little while, but there is the telltale aura of their powers manifested around them. Lyra, you're calling Clara. I'm I'm calling Clara first. First off, I'm not gonna call Glenn. Would never. I don't even know if you know how to call Glenn. <laughs> I assume she probably does only because her mom is now in contact with Glenn. That's fair. He has been at your house a lot for dinner. Fucker thinks he's moving in there. Absolutely not. <laughs> yeah. Who knows? Nope. <laughs> Clara would pick up the phone, would answer your phone call, and, and would say, uh, Bethel, Bethel, s- slow down. What, what is going on? Kaz had, a, had an incident today. Uh, he freaked out in the in the suite, and then he passed out in the suite, and now he's glowing purple, and he's not coming back to consciousness. And I don't know what to do, because normally when someone passes out, they come back to consciousness, and they don't glow. Okay, alright. Look, um, magic is not really my area of expertise. I'm gonna... I'm gonna see who can come up. I'm gonna I'm gonna see who can come up. You're you're in the suite. You're you're in your suite. Yeah, yeah we're all here. All, all of us are here. Oh, uh, Danny's here. By the way, uh, hi, Clara. Danny's back. So that's okay now. Um, okay, what a relief. That's that's great. Your new teammate also there. You've you've met. Yeah, I put him in my in. I guess what's supposed to be my room. Yeah, he's here. All right. Good. Um, I'm going to see who is around. I think Leo is still in his office. I, uh, I'm i going to go. Okay, thank you. I'm going to go deal with that. Thank you, bye. She hangs up the phone. 20 minutes or so after Kaz first passes out, after you call Clara, the door to the suite opens, no knock, and a very concerned-looking Professor Leo Sobrero walks in. His curly hair is a little bit disheveled. He is clearly looking panicked and he is going to look around with slightly wild eyes before he spots kaz on the sofa uh how how long has he been like this a little over like five minutes at this point and the glowing that started before or uh after after the 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 passing out he got up off the floor really fast he was having a panic attack i don't know what else is wrong i haven't seen him in a few days okay he looks a little bit at a loss, and then he kind of, like, seems to make up his mind about something and says, All right. And he kind of 
puts his hands out over Kaz's chest and closes his eyes, and the glow around Kaz fades, sort of retreating back into your body. Kaz, that is the moment where the mist and the smoke is starting to resolve itself, and suddenly you are jerked out of the dream and awake again. And I think Kaz's eyes fly open and and involuntarily, pretty much, he just yells, wait, and then looks up at Leo. Who has a noticeably relieved expression on his face. Are you okay? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I, I'm fine. What just happened? You tell me. I suppressed your powers, and it brought you back. You were passed out for like five minutes, Kaz. I was like hovering. No, I... I was... I was seeing something. I could almost see it. I I don't know what it was, but... I think it was important. Why just reaches over Leo's shoulder and hands you the cup of tea. Leo is kind of going through and checking your vitals as much as he is able to without any equipment or anything like that. And is going to, as he finishes that sort of nod, say, when was the last time you ate anything? And Kaz does not meet Leo's eyes. He does not meet anyone's eyes. Just kind of stares into the cup of tea and quietly says, I don't know, a couple of days ago, I think. Leo's going to sigh and stand up. I think it goes without saying that you need to eat something. Danny will bring over one of the pizzas that he teleported in earlier. And Kaz just quietly says, Thank you, Danny. We're all just kind of awkwardly standing there now, just like... (laughs) You are, actually. Yeah, you are awkwardly standing there as Leo is quiet for a moment. He says... Eventually, would the rest of you give us the room? Bethel, you can stay. Go to walk toward the bathroom, <laughs> realize half a second later, turn toward the bedroom. <laughs> I think Danny's going to leave the whole dorm entirely. Open a portal and just step through? Yeah. And you know what? Let's say that portal went over to... Oh, gosh, top of my head. Let's say Ravenholm Manor. <laughs> yeah, shocker. <laughs> Let me just... Uh, <laughs> Real casual. It's fine. It's like, oh, you'd like me to leave? Let me just go to my favorite place to be where I'm not supposed to. <laughs> Alex will retreat to his room. Kaz, I have done my best to make this work. I know that you have been dealing with a lot Just one thing after another. I don't want you to think that this conversation is a way to punish you for any of that. But I and other members of the staff have some concerns about the toll that this is taking on you. How long have you had these concerns? The incident with the EIB's operative, I guess, was the start of it. I know that that didn't escalate solely by your actions. 
I know that your squad stepped in and I understand that the worst of it wasn't even perpetuated by you. Again, I don't want you to think that this is anyone saying that you're irresponsible or anything like that, but the amount that you've been going through on top of your family situation and and then there was the fight in the club. It was something that we wanted to keep an eye on, but I will be blunt after this. I'm making the decision that at least temporarily we will not be an active member of Squad H. What? Nobody is kicking you out. Nobody is saying you have to leave. You're welcome to stay here, but... That's... No, that's... Because he passed out because he went to a public venue and was attacked by somebody else's powers because... Bethel, this isn't a punishment. This isn't because those things happened. But the very real concerns that we have are because those things happened. Because we need to make sure that you're okay. Not eating anything for three days. It isn't telling me what I need to hear. Look, I mean, in my defense, it wasn't just the not eating. It was, you know what? We're not, I'm not even going to go into that because that's just going to be another check mark. So, fine. Then what's going to be done in the meantime? We'll figure out a schedule for you to talk to Clara. I think Kaz needs something beyond talking to Clara. Not regarding the food situation. That's a separate issue that I think needs to be resolved. There is very clearly something going on with Kaz and magic. And I think that I think Kaz needs somebody to help him. He doesn't need to be benched. Meeting with Clara is just a jumping off point to address the psychological toll of everything that has been going on, but I agree with you. Magic is not my area of expertise, but there are people that we can bring in who will have a better idea. But why does he have to be removed from the squad in order for that to happen? Why can't that happen while he's with us? You are all legally adults, but you are also in the Brandt Academy squad program, which means that we are legally, and more importantly than that, ethically responsible for your well-being. If any of you had been through the same amount of, quite frankly, trauma that Kaz has been through recently, I would be making the same judgment call. That's my job. Would you? I'm just, I'm just asking. Because you you brought up several times my whole family situation, so don't feel like you would be making this call with anyone else. That's part of it, Kaz. That's an ongoing situation that you're dealing with. I, I don't say any of this to make you feel singled out. I know you are, and I'm sorry about that. So what, is this, is this indefinite? Is this some sort of, 
performance plan? I mean, what are we talking about? We're going to start with some conversations. Like I said, speak to Clara. We'll bring in somebody who has a better understanding of magic to take a look at what's been going on and figure that out. And if everybody gives you the all clear, then of course I'm not going to keep you from the squad. If that's what you want. That's all I want. Understood. I just have to make sure we're doing it the right way. Kaz, you have had to take care of yourself for a very long time. I think that we and the Academy need to take care of you. You don't need to do it all the time. We're supposed to help you. And if this will help, and maybe just for a little bit we should try. You came here to look for somebody to help you with magic anyway, right? Maybe this... Maybe this is what you need, some unbroken, unfocused time. We're still going to be here. You're still going to be here with us. We're not going to let them send you anywhere. And Bethel, you notice the facial journey that Kaz goes on when you say that, because initially when you say you've been taking care of yourself for a long time, he seems like he's about to just dismiss that. But when you keep talking, you see tears start to well up in his eyes. And they don't fall until the moment you say, didn't you come here to learn about magic? But the expression changes. When you had been talking about getting support from others, he looked like he had been waiting for someone to say those words to him. He looked like a burden was lifting from his shoulders. But when you bring up the reason he came, that burden falls right back on him and you see him sort of hunch into himself as he starts to cry. I think Lyra's going to kind of step forward and put her hand on his shoulder and just do like that crescent rubbing motion from shoulder to shoulder. And she's going to look at Leo and she's going to say, thank you for your help. But I think for right now, I think you should go. Leo nods and says, trust you to take care of your team. He heads for the door. He stops kind of half turns around like he wants to say something to you, Kaz. There's a very, I think heartbroken is the only word really to describe an expression on his face, but he stops realizing that there's nothing he could say that would help. It is obvious to you that he does not mean to do this, but he is going to shift your labels. Okay. I think freak up and mundane down. I'll take it. The door closes behind Leo. And for a second, it is quiet in the suite, except for maybe the nearly silent crying of 
Casimir Bright. If you'd like to keep up with us and what we're up to, you can follow us on Twitter at Live from the Apoc, Instagram and TikTok at Live from the Apocalypse, Blue Sky at Live from the Apocalypse.com, or join our Discord community, which will be linked in the description down below. And if you enjoyed what you heard today, feel free to give us a good rating and follow the show on your podcatcher of choice. Leave a review if you're so inclined, it really does help us out so much. The donation link to our current charity fundraising campaign can also be found in the description if you'd like to help us support worthy causes. Join us for the live recordings of Academy H every other Sunday, or any of our many other ongoing live-streamed campaigns that happen throughout the week over at twitch.tv slash livefromtheapocalypse. For all this information and more, check out livefromtheapocalypse.com. As always, nothing we do would be possible without your support, and we appreciate you so, so much. Until next time. Academy H is edited by Will Malkus with music and sound effects from Epidemic Sound, Dark Fantasy Studios, and Krotos Sound. Character art by at Draws on Twitter and Instagram. horrible thing to say as someone passes out. <laughs> that is so mean. <laughs> I'm sorry. She just reached over. She just reached up with her little claws and just dug them right into the part of my skin showing where my shirt is. <laughs> Weird. I'm just like, absolutely. I'm going to let her out real quick. I'm sorry. She's about to become a certified menace. Impeccable timing, though. Impeccable timing. <laughs> Excuse me, could you stay conscious, please? Cats, could you not right now?